You are listening to So You Want to Read Tolkien, a podcast that goes through each of J.R.R. Tolkien's main works, chapter by chapter, and discusses them in a most ridiculous manner. One does not simply walk into Mordor. I would cut off your head, dwarf, if it stood but a little higher from the ground. We've had one, yes. What about second breakfast? Yeah, Till at last I threw down my enemy and smote his ruin upon the mountainside. What's happening out there? Shall I describe it to you? Or would you like me to find you a box? Now, don't be hasty, Master Miriado. Is this new devil Hello and welcome to So You Want to Read Tolkien. A how do I usually fucking do that? <laughs> That's it. That's it? it. That's the whole thing. I was about to explain what we are, but apparently we're not doing that. Okay. We're a podcast um, where we don't explain what we are, we just do it. I'm Caitlin and hot weather sucks, but at least local breweries have put out my favorite summer beers. I'm Rachel, and <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, did you just slurp directly into your mic? Yes, I did. I'm Rachel, and welcome to our other podcast. Guess what? Caitlin is drinking into the microphone. I'm gonna cut out the shit about the food. Not anymore. You're not. <laughs> no, I still am. They're not gonna hear that. Hmm. It's a good outtake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm Rachel, and yesterday I went for a one-league-long walk, and clearly I'm not billed for chasing hobbits. And I'm Emmy, and this weekend I spent $100 on dead succulents just because I wanted the little pots that they come in. That's it. That's Jesus. my interesting fact. <laughs> That's the most on-brand thing you've ever said. <laughs> well, they were really cute pots. <laughs> and you know what? Some of the succulents are coming back to life characters for this chapter i should say oh that's what i usually say welcome to so you want to read tolkien today we're talking about the two towers book three chapter two the riders of rohan oh, yeah. that's yeah. putting this all together that's why i typed that all out at the fucking top there anyways characters for the chapter that i just said we have our three hunters Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli. Basically, the Fellowship Leftovers. Aw. <laughs> Dang. Cold. Uh, we meet Aramur, son of Aramund, the third marshal of the Rittermark. We don't really know what that means yet, but... Sounds badass. I'm sure we will find out more about Rohan. There's Eothane, second in command to Aramur. Bit of an asshole, apparently. And then there's some new horses that we meet. No longer Bill the Pony, but we have Arid and Hasufel. They don't last very long. And then there is a mention of Theoden, King of Rohan. May or may not be important later. I don't think we're going to meet him. <laughs> Our short blurb about what happens today is that three hunters race across the plains of Rohan, tracking the orc party. And as they get further behind and start to lose hope, they run into a group of Rohirrim who, it turns out, slaughtered the orc party the night before but they found no trace of the hobbits. 
I love that you said slaughtered because I specifically didn't write that since it was a quote from the movie. (laughs) What? They didn't leave anyone alive. I I wrote killed the orc party. You did. And I changed it. Because I know that's fine. I just read it. But I like, when I was writing it, I wanted to write slaughtered, but I like specifically didn't since I knew I was just quoting the movie. (laughs) And so I like that you then changed it to slaughtered. Slaughtered. We were on the same page and you tried to go with your better instincts. Sorry, not sorry. I was actually surprised given how like absurdly long this chapter is and stuff. So uh, long. How many of the quotes actually were like straight into the movie. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, hi everyone. You're gonna listen to me talk for a very long time because this is a long summary. Uh so we start out with Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas running after the orcs. This is a classic Tolkien chapter, especially for the first half, because there's lots of running interspersed with long paragraphs of geographical description. Uh, so we begin by running through the Emin Muil, aka lots of ridges and hills and valleys to go up and down. The three hunters run long into the night when they come across the bodies of five dead orcs. They're all northern orcs, not those from Isengard, so Aragorn suspects a quarrel. Um, but there are no other signs, so eventually move on and run some more. Uh, As dawn rises, they find the trail. The orcs went from there, and they follow swiftly. They can see the White Mountains to the south, aka where the border to Gondor is, and Aragorn pauses to sing and or recite poetry again, lamenting that his journey does not yet lead there. Uh, In fact, actually, uh, I didn't have my handy-dandy map on the wall while reading like I usually do, and... It was really nice, like, when I was writing these notes, I looked at a map and was like, okay, I see, because they actually do have to, like, kind of loop backward and go back north and then to the west, because that's back toward Isengard. I was just going to say, do we want to stop for a brief geographical explanation here about where exactly they are? I'm just pulling it up in my atlas here. Just give me one sec. Yeah, so the Emin Muil is, like, where there's all the hills and stuff, and they went through it, and that's... Where I think also, I mean, that's where the um, the, the the kings are kind of too in there, right? Because it's a bunch of hills, and at the south end of that is the falls of Rauros. Yeah. <laughs> so where they were sort of making camp beside the falls was sort of in the mountains of the Emin Mule, and then, but most of the Emin Mule go off towards where Frodo and Sam have gone, and they. Oh, I can't fucking find it in here. Anyways, I think I know it by memory. So they, so Sam and Frodo go off into the majority, but then the Emin Mule sort of trail off in towards Rohan, and that is called, I believe, the East Wall of Rohan. And so then they run through the trail end of that, and then as they exit that, that's where they lose the trail of the orcs. And then they run across, actually, yes, just give me your map. (laughs) Okay, cool. I really enjoyed that you said where they made camp. As if they truly made camp and didn't just, you know, throw their bodies on the ground. Oh, sorry. I meant before they all split up. Okay. So they run across most of the East Eminent is what most of this is and up towards Fangorn. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you just, it's, the, you always think of that being as south because it's south from where we start. But Fangorn is actually even, it mostly is toward the north side of where Isengard is. 
at the Gap of Rohan in the Yes. So if you look at it on the map, it's just south of Lorien. Yeah. So they yeah. are kind of going back to where they started. <laughs> Pretty much. Sorry, bros. But, but it makes sense because they were originally trying to avoid the Gap of Rohan, uh, which is right beside Fangorn. And now that's because that's right next to Isengard. But now since they're being taken to Isengard, that's the direction they have to go. Anyway, the whole point of this being, it really, it actually does make sense why Aragorn is kind of lamenting that he's like made it all the way south and has almost at Gondor and now has to kind of go backwards again. I enjoyed the song. I honestly don't even like, I've read it twice now and um, actually three times now. And I still don't remember anything of it besides I, like, it's like, oh, Gondor, Gondor. Oh, I don't get Gondor. to go there. Yeah. That's it. I can't put it to a tune for the life of me, but I do think it's really funny that he takes short musical interludes. Yeah. As it says somewhere in the, oh no, I think Rachel said it in our chat. Aragorn is really fucking extra in this chapter. Yeah. Yep. But um, he, he meant, he talks about the white tree and the men of the West and, you know, all things kind of Aragorn. Yep. And yeah. then everybody goes, you know. This is a hard decision to make. We're going to follow you, Aragorn. And Aragorn's like, man, you couldn't have picked a worse person to place decisions with. And I have to be like, We're not there yet, Emily. (laughs) Sorry. We have to run for a couple more days first. I just think it's so funny. (laughs) It's true. God. Okay. I'm sorry. Go back to your thing. It is true. Go back to your thing. (laughs) You can write the long, long summary next time. Um, But yeah. So we do, we have to go back up north and west away from our ultimate goal. Uh, But after escaping from the Emin Moyle, the hunters come out on the, I guess, western edge of it, above the green plains of Rohan. Uh, Legolas sees an eagle. That's it. That's, it happens. (laughs) They don't really say much about it. They're like, I wonder if this is the same one as before. Whatever, it's an eagle. (laughs) I just want everyone to know that I just found the map I was looking for in my book. Oh, Oh, good. Um, I'm proud but also, of you. <laughs> uh, but also because it's, you know, a plane, they can see the orcs off in the distance, so they kind of know what they're heading toward. Uh, as they make it down into the grass, it smells like living things, and Douglas is super revitalized by it, like a person who doesn't have allergies. <laughs> that was for you, Emmy. <laughs> so, listen, I woke up this morning solely with, like, a cottonwood hangover. Just, like, in the night, they attacked my face. I just, it was bad. This morning was rough. But Aragorn, as they hit the ground, suggests that their light feet might travel faster than heavy orc ones now, so they might catch up. Uh, so optimistic. They, they don't. Uh, as they run some more, Aragorn spots a path leading away from the main orc march and the sign of bare feet. Hobbit feet. Pippins, by the guess of it. Uh, he also finds one of the elven brooches that was left behind as a sign from the hobbits. So, like, yay, not dead. Woot, woot. Yeah, and this was another movie quote sliding right in. I mean, not it's a, it's a the book leaves quote. of Lorien fall. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, I see another. I just love that when they're exactly the same. <laughs> Emily, what do your, uh, your reader eyes see? That's what I. There you go. <laughs> this is going to go great. It was almost really good. I know. I was so close, and then I just flubbed it. (laughs) Do it. Do it again. We'll cut the flub Emily, what do your reader eyes see? I like that Emmy's trying to make editing decisions for me. I can't. I just... (laughs) I wanted to give Rachel the chance. 
Anyway, they run even more until night falls, and at this point it's been like a solid day and a half of running, which given when I like travel abroad and time zones happen, and it's like the longest day ever, making it through that first day on the ground, like, holy cow, that's stamina. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, a choice is at last upon them to rest by night or keep going on as long as they possibly can. Legolas suggests that the orcs will not rest until they meet their destination, and so if the hunters stop to rest, the orcs will grow further away. Uh, but Gimli suggests that they uh, might miss any signs at night, such as those that had led aside and revealed that the hobbits are alive. Uh, also that the trail may yet turn aside from the straight line, even though we're pretty sure they're going straight to Isengard. Uh, you know, if they do change aside, they won't be able to see it at night. Uh, he also is kind of really smart about it and his, you know, physical limitations and has a really great line about how, but now I must rest a little to run the better, which I think is also like a good, like, you know, just general life advice. Like, you can't go nonstop. Sometimes you've got to rest and be better for it. And it's brave of him to say so with his extra friends. Yeah. Uh, and this whole chapter was a really good example of how the movies made Gimli into a joke. But he, he was not that way in the books. Right. Or mostly used him for comic relief. Yeah. So good and so smart and wonderful and I love him. <laughs> this is so not what I expected to get out of this read-through, but here it is. But ultimately, they end up giving the choice to Aragorn, who's their leader, and once again laments how his choices have all gone awry. But also, he's just been bad at making choices. Not even that he made bad choices. He's been so indecisive. This whole time. Except this time, he does make a choice. So right away. character. He picks it. I'm so proud of him. <laughs> I was pretty proud, too. But also, then he, like, flung himself down on the ground and went right to sleep. And I'm like, I see what made your choice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look. He did it, at least. But yeah, so he does say they, they'll rest. Uh, especially because the moon isn't bright enough to see by. Uh, and Gimli laments that Galadriel didn't give them a light. But as Aragorn points out, it is better with Frodo for their lives, the true quest. Yeah, and he says that it would be, it'll be needed more where it is, yeah. or something to that effect. Like, okay, fine. But also, it would still be helpful. <laughs> would that they could have a torch. He also says something, I think he says something about how, like, history won't remember them. Like, this is not something that's going to affect history at all. Doesn't he say something along those lines? Never mind, I'm never going to find it. Yeah, no, it's it's something akin to that, where it's like, they're the one that really matters for history. Yeah. I'm like, you're the freaking king. Like, like you on. do kind of matter, but... <laughs> and like, wow. But I do see the, the point remains that in the grand scheme of things, they could die and nothing would be all the more changed. And like, Aragorn doesn't know what he's going to do yet. You know, yeah. he, do he, he doesn't know his own future. Mm-hmm. Or, or even the fact that this this run, this chase, will be remembered. Like, it's... Mm -hmm. They're doing... They're running a lot. Yep. This is not humanly possible. <laughs> we'll get to that. None of them are humans, though, so... You know, that's fair. I mean, you could make an argument for Aragorn, but you could make an argument against Aragorn also, so... Um, anyway, we sleep for a bit, and Aragorn wakes up to find Legolas already up, lamenting that the orcs are far away and now... Only an eagle could overtake them, which 
you know, that would be helpful. But I keep mentioning eagles and nope. then get my hopes up. It's rude is what it is. I feel like Legolas must have grown up with all these tales of eagles, you know, flying in to rescue all the elf legends and stuff, you know? So maybe he's just like, one time, one time I want to be on an eagle. (laughs) You know, I want to be rescued. It's his goal. (laughs) Yeah. Legolas, eagle rider. Legolas, damsel in distress. Accurate. (laughs) Anyway, the orcs are farther away than Legolas's elf sight now, so Aragorn lays his head on the ground to listen, uh, which he does for so long that Gimli thinks he fell asleep again. (laughs) But nope. The sound of orc feet is far away, but louder are the sound of horse hooves. But that's it. We just sort of, we don't comment on it, really. We just get on with running some more. (laughs) I mean, Uh, they're in Rohan, so he's probably just like, yeah, there's horses somewhere. Right. (laughs) And this took him a very long time to lay on the ground in here. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, by counting, it's the third day. That they're running some more, eating Lembus as they go. There's no sign of life at all, not even the herds of horses that used to roam about the area. And there's this really great line that, uh, but now all the land was empty and there was a silence that did not seem to be the quiet of peace. That's so creepy. It's a good description. Yeah. But they halt again that night, fearing that their quarry is all but lost. Uh, They end up commenting that it seems like some evil will is put against them, making them weary in the heart during their pursuit. Uh, And Legolas is like, yeah, I felt it since we first came out here. It's Saruman, obviously. Uh, But they say that even though they're losing hope, they are not going to stop their pursuit. So, good bit of stubbornness. Uh, The next day begins with a red dawn, and Legolas senses that strange things await them by the forest. They find a spot where the orcs halted, and it seems they're 36 hours ahead. So, you know, A very specific time frame. (laughs) They run even more, and by evening, they're even more weary. And the next morning brings the sign of a group of horsemen coming towards them, with dark smoke rising from a point beyond them. Legolas sees all of this super clearly, but Aragorn could only see a shadow on the horizon. So he lays down on the ground again, and it brings us to the funniest exchange ever. <laughs> where, riders, cried Aragorn, springing to his feet. Many riders on swift steeds are coming towards us. Yes, said Legolas. There are 105. Yellow is their hair, and bright are their spears. Their leader is very tall. <laughs> Wait. Legolas. You tried so hard, Aragorn. And Legolas is like, yep, I see them all. You could have just asked. Um, But they decide to wait for the riders, because they might hear news from them, whether good or evil. They hunker down in their elven cloaks, and Aragorn uh, describes the people of Rohan for Gimli. And since kind of this is our first glimpse at the people of this country, I thought I would read the whole thing. So Aragorn says, They are proud and willful, but they are true-hearted, generous in thought and deed, Old but not cruel, wise but unlearned, writing no books but singing many songs after the manner of the children of men before the dark years. But I do not know what has happened here of late, nor in what mind the Rohirrim may now be between the traitor Saruman and the threat of Sauron. They have long been the friends of the people of Gondor, though they are not akin to them. It was in forgotten years long ago that Errol the Young brought them out of the north, and their kinship is rather with the bardings of Dale and with the Beornings of the Wood 
among whom may still be seen many men tall and fair, as are the riders of Rohan. Which, I think it's also a little interesting to just kind of see, like, the genealogical difference between the people of Rohan and those of Gondor. It makes me a little bit more upset about something that they did in the movie, but it's not that big a deal, I guess. Uh, are you going to leave us in suspense, or...? Well, it's not. They don't do it until Return of the King. Hmm. Okay. So... So okay. yes, but they they give Eowyn a dream about Numenor sinking, and I guess she. I honestly don't. I mean, they said she is also descended from Numenor, and I'm like, all right. I assume you've done your research, but that kind of would imply that she's not. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to. And I feel like uh, they stole the dream from uh, who has it in the book? Who has it in the book? I want to say Faramir, but I okay. could be wrong. My, my, it uh, genuinely might be Aragorn, but I don't think it is. It's been a while. Anyway, it's just kind of interesting. I do like how they're like, yeah, they don't really write books, but hey, they sing songs. So Oral history like, is important. Like Bilbo writes books, mm-hmm. you know, but not, not the people of Rohan. Nope. <laughs> no, it does make them out to be a little bit more like, they're almost like Norse people, right? They're from the yeah. North. Um with like an oral history instead of writing things down. Anyway, at this point, uh, the writers come up, but they don't see our hidden hunters until Aragorn stands up and hails them. Which seems like a big mistake to surprise a group of people with really long spears. Okay, but I mean, your options were stand there and have them ride you down when they don't know who you are or like hail them from behind with like a nice greeting. Like, I mean, there aren't really any good options there. I also think it like it's possible that Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas didn't know how well the cloaks would hide them. Mm-hmm. Like so they didn't expect the the riders to just ride on by and then they were like, "Um, hello? Hi. <laughs> we wanted to talk." That's how I always pictured this scene. Mm-hmm. And then they turn back and like, "Oh, I guess these cloaks, man." I was so sad that they <laughs> cut that out of the movie cuz they even have a scene later where they like really hide Frodo in the cloak. Mhm. And I thought it just would have been funny if they showed how, how it just hides everybody. Yeah. It's like, even accidentally. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, the horses come around and surround our trio, and their leader dismounts. Uh, it's interesting the that it's remarked fellow. that he speaks in a manner and tone like to the speech of Boromir. But yeah, I found that really interesting, that I don't know if they're trying to imply that like he's like a more ruling kind of person. Which we know, or if it's more like, you know, if there is something about like a Numenorian or not, yes, connection, whatever. I honestly just, just think it's because Tolkien likes to say what dialects everyone mm-hmm. is talking. And, like, and so the he's saying the that, South. yeah, he's like, he talks like Gondorians, same dialect, yeah. Yeah. even though different countries. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, I just, it was an interesting comparison, but. Aragorn names himself Strider, uh, very, very cagey, and says that he is hunting orcs. The aforementioned leader of the riders comments that clearly Strider knows little of hunting orcs if he's doing it in this fashion with only three people on foot. (laughs) But then he also remarks that there's something strange about Strider and his clothes and asks if they're elvish. Uh, Aragorn points out that only Legolas is an elf, but they got cloaks from Galadriel. The writer remarks with surprise that there is, in fact, a lady in the Golden Wood, and he brings up that 
few escape her net, and that maybe these three are net weavers and sorcerers like her. He, I find it oh, hilarious that, like, like, there's this whole huge, like, civilization of elves, and everybody just kind of thinks they're a myth, even though they're right there. But and, like, like they, they don't, don't let survivors No one leave. goes in and no one goes out. Yep. I, I guess. It just seems like they're not physically far away. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It just seems weird. But... Uh, he looks at Legolas and Gimli with suspicion, asking why they remain silent. And Gimli, bless him, is super affronted uh, and comments the famous line, Give me your name, Horsemaster, and I will give you mine, and more besides. Uh, and the writer at last names himself so that I don't have to keep talking around who he is. He's <laughs> Aomar. Uh, and Gimli then addresses him, warning Aomar that you speak evil of that which is fair beyond the reach of your thought. Only little wit can excuse you. Dang. He just, he loves Galadriel so much. <laughs> but Amor then gives the line, I would cut off your head, beard and all, Master Dwarf, if it stood but a little higher off the ground. I really wish the movie had kept beard and all. Right? <laughs> it's so good. So good. Um, and, of course, Legolas then jumps in to defend his boyfriend, and everything is very tense until Aragorn jumps in and explains that Amor will understand why they took a front once he knows of their full tale. I don't think he will, like... No. No, like, probably not. That was, that was Gimli being a wee bit sensitive about also, somebody else's wife. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I too would be it upset happens. if someone besmirched the good name of Kate Blanchett. No, that's fair. But... Aragorn gets on to the politics of the matter, asking whom Aomer serves, if he is friend or foe to Sauron. Aomer says that he only serves his king, Theoden. They don't serve Sauron, but nor are they at open war against him. There's lots of trouble on their borders, and things are a bit tense. Uh, and Aomer then asks back whom Aragorn serves. Okay, wait, 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 before we get into that, or maybe it's after this, shoot, I don't remember, but they talk about the rumor that, that Rohan was... Uh, you know, sending tribute to mm-hmm. to Mordor, and he says, "No, no, no. They asked to buy horses from us, and we didn't do that because we know they treat horses poorly. <laughs> but then they stole horses from us, only the black ones." And yeah. I'm like, Mordor is really fucking committed to this look. This aesthetic right? is important to them. Yeah, yeah. Now it, it's later, but I didn't stick it in my notes, so I'm oh, sorry. glad you brought it up because it's real good. Like, really, only the black. Like, you couldn't have some nice, you know. Brown? Why were they picky? Yeah, right. They needed like, horses. I I love this like I love this idea that maybe they saw Shadow Facts and were like best horse ever, but he's white, white so Ugh. it's not can't like do they that. couldn't color them. Okay, if they were if they were leaning into the aesthetic, they could just use charcoal or just like a white horse covered in black armor or something. Like that looks kind of cool. Yeah. Nope. Then then serve the aesthetic. Then work. Nope. No can do. I can't. I just can't believe how much Mordor is dictated to by fashion, <laughs> or is dictated right? by fashion. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So Amor asks whom Aragorn serves, and Aragorn takes the opportunity to be extra AF. So extra. So extra. Uh, he says, "I serve no man," and then a bunch of other stuff uh, before throwing back his cloak, going. And uh, the elven sheath glittered as he grasped it, and the bright blade of Andril shone like a sudden flame as he swept it out. 
Elendil, he cried, I am Aragorn, son of Arathorn, and am called Elisar, the Elfstone, Dunedan, the heir of Asildar Elendil's... Oh god, I brought... The heir of Asildar Elendil's son of Gondor. Here is the sword that was broken and is forged again. Will you aid me or thwart me? Choose swiftly! <laughs> I really love the irony of Aragorn telling someone to choose swiftly. <laughs> Don't no be like kidding. me! <laughs> yeah. Um... But, so, he uh, has another magical girl transformation, but it's Legolas and Gimli's first time seeing it, uh, and they're, like, super odd with, of him. Uh, and Amar is- I can't imagine somebody asking me my name, and then I fling off my cloak and shout an ancient name of a- or the name of an ancient king. Right. And then- and then explain. <laughs> What's your name? Elendil! <laughs> <laughs> Elendil, Aragorn, son of Arathorn, Elisar, the Elfstone, Dinadan, heir of Isildur, Elendil's son of Gondor. Like, man, how Just does he remember names. all these names? <clears throat> he gets one more in this chapter, but we're not quite there yet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but, I mean, as he throws off his cloak and does all this and starts glowing and all that fun stuff, uh, Aramur is also like, holy shit, my dude, and... Comments about dreams and legends springing to life out of the out of the grass. Uh, he asks, uh, "What brings Aragorn here?" Uh, he says something about how Boromir has been gone, and they haven't heard back from him. And the horse that they lent him came back riderless, and which he... wasn't drowned. Yeah, I was so happy to hear that because we yeah. just assumed he died. The horse. Oh. oh yeah, I kind of forgot everything that Boromir said about his story once upon a time. <laughs> Good horse. Not dead. As I'm thinking about it, of our, like, heroes' horses, none of them are dead yet, are they? Um, we don't know about Bill. But we hope not. Yeah. But we've, I mean, we don't know, I mean, I know yeah. what happens to Bill, and yeah. no, he doesn't die, but technically in the, okay. in the, where we are in the books, we don't yet know about Bill. Right. And then Shadowfax made it back, we just learned that Boromir's horse made it back, and that's yeah. it so far. Yeah, good horses. Um, anyway, um, Amar asks, what doom do you bring out of the north? Aragorn says, the doom of choice, which for Aragorn is a really big doom. I thought of you so much in this chapter because doom has returned. Doom returned. I know. I, I couldn't not talk about doom. Yeah. But when they, when somebody said the doom of choice, I was like, oh man, that's like somebody made that doom specifically for Aragorn. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> It isn't about Aragorn at this one time, or I guess because he's throwing it back at him. It's uh, it's time for Rohan to pick a side. But in the meantime, aside from all this doom, uh, Aragorn talks about how they're hunting orcs who took their friends. And it turns out the riders just killed all the orcs, but they didn't see any creatures there other than orcs. Gimli comments that their lost friends are hobbits, a.k.a. halflings, and the rider beside Amr, whose name is Eothane, straight up laughs and is like, but they're only a little people in old songs and children's tales out of the north. Do we walk in legends or on the green earth in the daylight? Which, given a king of legend just appeared in front of them, I mean, come on, my dude. Maybe he doesn't <laughs> believe the cry of Elendil. But he glowed! <laughs> nah. Look, I'm not saying that Eothane is a smart man. Just... The fact that it's not this guy claiming to be... I guess he does end up being skeptical about it, but, like, it's the halflings that you're really... Whatever. Whatever. Uh, I did find it really interesting, though, just that 
you know, this is kind of the impression of hobbits that people have. They, like, think they're just, like, from stories. Yeah, children's stories in particular. I like Mm -hmm. that. I also enjoy... Okay, so, no, I was just thinking about it, but if some dude came up to me out of nowhere and was like, yo, I'm descended from King Arthur, we're looking for our halfling friends, I also wouldn't really believe him. No, but I would give him directions. I would be helpful. (laughs) Never mess with someone's LARPing. I mean, depends on the situation. If I have the opportunity to be, you know, brought into a quest, I'll go for it. Oh, that's fair. Which I guess, I mean, Hammer does be like, but you should, you should come with us and help us. <laughs> anyway, Aragorn gives a philosophical answer about how people in the future will be the ones making legends of the present time and everything we do now is legend, yada, 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 whatever. Um. <laughs> I, I also enjoyed his answer about the grass, how he's like, that too was, you know, here in the legends. So why would that be strange that we popped out of it? Yep. <laughs> legends don't just happen on a blank canvas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Aomer then comes aside with three companions to speak privately. Aragorn gives the Cliff's Notes version of their quest, but keeps the business of it secret. They talk about Gandalf, who has been in Rohan many times, but is always the herald of strange events. Uh, Gandalf actually warned Theoden about Saruman, but the king wouldn't listen. Also, Theoden is super pissed because Gandalf stole Shadowfax from him, and even though the horse has returned, he will now not let anyone ride him. I mean, it's a good enough reason to be mad. I I know, I'd be pissed too. (laughs) Somebody stole my pretty horse that is descended from horses that used to be able to talk to me? I'd be pissed. Uh, Aragorn says that Gandalf is dead, and thus leadership has fallen to him. Uh, also that Boromir is dead. You know, bearer of cheerful news. I, I like that, like, Gandalf is dead, so Aragorn is now the bearer of bad news that Gandalf <laughs> used to be. <laughs> it's fair, right? I'm I'm now bringing doom upon you. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats. Uh, Eomar is sad about both of them. He very much respected Boromir. He asks when it was that Boromir died, because they haven't heard any news of it yet. Aragorn replies, it was only four days ago, and Amor is like, wait, 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 wait a second. You went 45 leagues on foot within four days? <laughs> uh, and he, at this point, gives Aragorn another name, Wingfoot, which I think goes well with Longshanks. <laughs> Uh, and here's our little aside where we get to talk about what it is. Um, Yes, let's talk about this fucking insanity. Yes, one league is three miles. So, uh, 45 leagues means that they went 135 miles. I have 45 leagues being 217.26 kilometers. (laughs) Cool. Did you make sure you got, um... Land leagues, yes. Land ones? Okay, cool. And obviously there's a whole debate, like traditionally a league was how far a man could go in an hour. Um, So like technically a league would be like a lot more than that at an Aragorn speed. It's a very subjective unit of measurement. Google Maps says you can walk three miles in an hour. So I believe this one. Either way, that's a lot. It's a lot. I walked three miles yesterday and it was a good time and I wasn't like beat up at the end, but I could not do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's insanity. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I guess is the point because, you know, it's basically superhuman. There's a really great critique of the film and about the, the dialogue 
earlier in this chapter where Legolas is talking about how some evil has set its will upon them and is like dragging them back so that they they're going so slow and it's the the critique is like no they went 135 miles in four days they're just exhausted yeah Mm -hmm. it's unlikely that Sauron was doing anything they're just they're just insane they just didn't sleep for days well i do also like one of them says that it's that they feel like they could go on more if they hadn't given up hope Mm -hmm. Uh, they phrase it better than that obviously but I like the idea that maybe maybe Saruman was doing something to make them sad. Yeah. <laughs> Which sounds ridiculous yeah. when I well, say it like that. But you know it, what I mean. It's pretty much explicitly stated that they're being made weary in the heart, not physically. I mean, can you imagine if they'd been hopeful and eager how much <laughs> further they could have gone? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Wow. Anyway, Wingfoot. Good name. Good name. Wingfoot Longshanks. He's going to name his children that. <laughs> you were named after the two best monikers I ever knew. <laughs> Wingfoot Longshanks. In the uh, last name. <laughs> Potter. <laughs> you really amused yourself with that I'm one. I'm glad we're entertaining. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Does anyone have any more commentary about how far we walked? It's fucking ridiculous, that's all. Nope. Yep. Uh, so, Aomer then talks about how Saruman has claimed lordship over the land, and so Rohan is beset from both east and west. He wishes for Aragorn and company to come to the king to help. Uh, but it's not time for that quite yet, for they still need to try to find their friends, even if there was no sign of them when the riders attacked. Aomer swears that nothing escaped once the riders had encircled the group, but... Uh, as is pointed out, the hobbits have the elfish cloaks, so, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty possible that you did. Uh, Amor then says that the law states that strangers can't wander at will in Rohan, so they must go back with him. And Aragorn does some pretty great wordplay and says that he's not a stranger. He's ridden with the host of the Rohirrim before, and he spoke with Amor's father, Eamund, and also with King Theoden before. But, like, what a shitty law. Like, yeah. you're not allowed to stroll about. That's some serious xenophobia well, right there. to be fair, I think this is, like, a it's a recent thing, and it's, we don't, we kind of know what's afoot in Rohan, because we, we know, know things. these things. But it's really subtle in this chapter, actually. It's not, it's, like, it's not really said at all, anything. Mm-hmm. Like, things are just, they're a bit extra suspicious and and acting in ways that weren't necessarily how they did before. Yeah. That's fair. Also, I like that that was Aragorn's thing, like, what he did, and not that he's like, I'm king, so, you know, diplomatic immunity, yo. It's like, (laughs) no, I knew your father. Yeah. Anyway, Aomer does agree to let them go, uh, as long as they end up going to Edoras afterward. He also promises to give them horses. And the asshole Aethane snarks that... It may be well enough for this lord of the race of Gondor, as he claims, but who has heard of a horse of the mark being given to a dwarf? (laughs) Uh, And Gimli is like, no one, and do not trouble, no one will ever hear of it. (laughs) Because it's not happening. Yeah, he tries very hard to refuse a horse, but I think even so, being forced onto it, he's like, I am not talking about this. No one will know that you put a a dwarf on a horse. Uh, But... 
He is told he needs to keep up with Aragorn and Legolas, so he must ride. Uh, and instead, Legolas says, Come, you shall sit behind me, friend Gimli. Then all will be well, and you need neither borrow a horse nor be troubled by one. Which, one, good friendship. Two, that's really funny. It is. We forget how funny Legolas is. But then he, like, takes the saddle off, which I'm sure is fine for Legolas, but he's like, you've never ridden a horse before. Come experience the most difficult, uncomfortable way of doing it. We'll have yeah. a good time. <laughs> I mean, it was just his excuse to get Gimli extra close. Of course. Obviously. Uh, so, yeah, we get our horses' names. Aragorn is given Hasafel, and Legolas and Gimli get Arod. And, yeah, Legolas rides totally bareback with Gimli. Oh, he also launches himself onto it, and everyone's like, oh my god, you did that, and also the horse isn't upset. What the heck? Uh, and Gimli is put up behind him, super not happy about it, no, clinging no very, very tightly, and, <laughs> and he's described as not much more at ease than Sam Gamgee in a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a good bit. description. So good. Yeah, one of the things I liked about this chapter, just another aside, is that even though it's really, it's like only the three of the Fellowship, every other member gets mentioned. They don't mention right? Mary by name, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 Like, it's still kind of, there, there's at least that connection there in, in the narrative. That's why these three are the leftover Fellowship. Yep. <laughs> Gimli reinforces the promise to return to Adoras because he still has to teach Amor to respect Lady Galadriel. <laughs> <laughs> Good I'm on looking you. forward to I that, like the, can I just say. I like this beginning of their friendship. Right. Uh, the three compadres ride and follow the orc trail, at least uh, at last coming near to Fangorn and coming upon the place of battle. There they find no trace of Merry and Pippin, and Gimli begins to guess that their bones are mingled with those of the orcs. He comments on how Elrond was against the hobbits coming with. Legolas points out that Gandalf was not against it, and Gimli replies, but Gandalf chose to come himself, and he was the first to be lost. His foresight failed him. And Aragorn replies to that, that the Council of Gandalf was not founded on foreknowledge of safety for himself or for others. There are some things that it is better to begin than to refuse, even though the end may be dark. Another good line. Mm -hmm. um, they end up spending the night uh, near a tree. <laughs> like I just said, my notes here are bad. They spend the night near the tree. <laughs> We're supposed to know which one. <laughs> um, yeah, they spend the night near the forest under a tree. It's cold, so Gimli suggests lighting a fire. Uh, Aragorn remarks that it's perilous to touch the trees of Fangorn, but there's plenty of uh, dead wood already cut around them to use. They do light a fire, and it seems that the tree that they're under is glad of it. I don't know if it's glad of the fire or the warmth, but, you know, happy I tree. would presume the warmth, because it was like reaching its bows out towards it, it seemed. Yeah. Anyway, bows? They, bows? Bows? Whatever. Uh, they sit and talk about Fangorn for a bit. There are many tales of Fangorn that Aragorn would have thought to be just fables were it not for Celeborn warning against the forest, too. Uh, Aragorn actually says he had thought of asking Legolas about it, since he's the woodland elf. And Legolas says Aragorn is further traveled, and he has actually heard nothing of Fangorn, save for songs that tell how the Onadrim that men call Ents dwelt there long ago. For Fangorn is old, old even as the elves would reckon it. 
I really thought you were going to say oldest balls. Oldest balls. <laughs> Especially in Oh, that I just tone, noticed that you actually great. wrote that here in the notes, too. Yes, I did. <laughs> I didn't notice that at first. Well done. <laughs> um, and, yeah, nice little hint at the ends. Uh, Aragorn agrees that it is old, old as the forest by the Barrow Downs, and it is far greater, which is a super scary thought. Uh, and who's the Tom Bombadil of Fangorn? I mean, I guess it's Treebeard. Right? Imagine if Treebeard, like, had his thoughts set to evil and also wasn't flammable. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, Tom Bombadil is probably flammable, too, if you try hard enough. <laughs> Do you think... This is probably not the place for this discussion, but I'm going to bring it up now so that I remember. But do you think Treebeard would be tempted by the ring? Hmm. No. I'm intrigued. But thinking of, like, yeah, it would tempt him with, like, the power to make forests, you know, basically, like, rule again. And they could find the Entwives and all that. Like, that's a yeah. really intriguing thought, actually. A part of me is like, no. Especially like book Treebeard, movie Treebeard, I think would be. Mm-hmm. Movie um, Treebeard was a lot easier to convince of pretty much everything. Anyway, you're right. We're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. No. Something to keep in mind, I guess, as we go. Yeah. When I think we don't have much, I guess we have a, Gandalf kind of is the closest to being divine presence. Um, but, you know, because he's like basically created by Yavanna, right? Well, so is Gla- well. Um like Galadriel is probably the closest we have because she's mm. I want to say three generations two generations away from the elves that were created yeah you know not not born so mm. she's pretty fucking old too and yeah. pretty and has existed in the presence of divine beings and all those mm-hmm. things yeah you know she would it, it's strange to me that somebody who was around for the Silmarils mm-hmm. is still tempted by you know, this stupid gold ring. Right. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Silmarils, I think, would definitely be tempting. I don't know. See, I don't know about the Silmarils would be tempting to Treebeard. They're because they didn't really offer any power. They just brought a fucking curse with them and were pretty. And, and, and Treebeard never would have seen the light of the trees. But I mean, everyone coveted them. Everyone did. And it's like, oh, he doesn't have much use for it. Well, he doesn't have much use for a ring either, if we're being totally honest. But he's the a, ring would give him power. Power over what, though? To save, to, well, ostensibly save his forest and his ants and that sort of thing. Now I want to write this as like an anti-global warming book. <laughs> well, that's kind of one of the I things mean, that Tolkien He does was tear apart of. industrialism. Yeah. Right? Although anyway. global warming wasn't a thing back then, or at least it wasn't a known thing back then. But anyways, carry on. Yes. Anyway, we can talk about this again, never. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the three musketeers sleep. <laughs> I'm running out of things to call these three people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sleep, but Gimli takes first watch. He looks up to see a bent old man leaning on a staff wrapped in a cloak with a wide-brimmed hat pulled over his eyes. Gimli springs up, waking Aragorn and Legolas. Uh, Aragorn calls a greeting to the figure, who then disappears. Suddenly, Legolas realizes the horses are gone and they're now stranded on the edge of the forest. Sorry, horses, you lasted like three pages. Mm. Uh, Gimli thinks that the figure was that of Saruman, since Aomer had described how he walks about like an old man, hooded and cloaked. 
But Aragorn says this man had a hat and not a hood, and that obviously makes all of the difference. Clearly a different person. I mean, Aragorn brings that up, but then says, yeah, no, it was probably Saruman. (laughs) Uh, In the end, Aragorn takes the next watch, but nothing happens through the rest of the night. The end. We made it, kids. Woo! For just running, that was a long fucking chapter. And I guess that they ran a long ways, but still, geez. Well, and that's despite, like, you know, some of our earlier chapters where it was like they walk and then they walk. It, it was like they would walk and then come across something important. And so we had to talk about all of it. Or the walking chapters would just be super short. Mm-hmm. And then the long chapters would be the ones where they sat around doing nothing. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, yeah, I think one of my favorite things in this chapter is I think there's one bit where... Gimli says something about how he doesn't like to think of those merry folk in in these circumstances being like the hobbits captured by orcs. Mm -hmm. And I just like how everybody just fucking loves the hobbits. I know. It's so good. You know, they're all just like, yeah, they're just so, they're just so pure. We just want to help them. Yeah. That was just the one thing that I really liked that you didn't, you didn't keep in the notes. Yeah. Everyone really has good feelings about the hobbits anybody else have anything more they wanted to discuss i don't think so i talked about mine pretty extensively yeah all righty so that was chapter two of book three of book three the riders of rohan your homework for next week is chapter three of book three uh the urkai and yes i just i just pulled that out of my head didn't look at any proud of you I did spend a lot of time with it not that long ago, but you know, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. So, um, if you want to support the podcast, if you like what you hear, you can always check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash so you want to read Tolkien. I'm so proud of you. Shut up. (laughs) Um, And you can, if you feel you are able, you can support us at the one or three dollar levels are all that are there right now, and you can read all about them there. We have some really fun ideas for stuff yes, to do. Yes, there's not anything exclusive up yet, but we've got stuff in the works. I've got the June outtakes coming out at the end of the month, and we've got some other ideas. Things are percolating. And if you want to contact us, you can at wanttoreadtolkien at gmail.com. And if you want to tweet at us, you can at to read Tolkien. And we will see you all next week for the aforementioned Book 3, Chapter 3. I've been Rachel. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Emmy. Bye. Bye. Bye.